This is the 318 Podcast, Episode 6. If you have a voice, speak up for the voiceless. If you live to serve others, serve with the cheerfulness that shines through the storm. If you have the gift of building up, begin to build his kingdom on earth. If you have the gift of tearing down, bring the enemy down one brick at a time. If you have the gift of leadership, lead his people back to him. If you have the gift of guidance, show the world his way. If you have more love to give, then find the unloved and shower them. If you have the gift of tongue, then use your words to bring nations together. Speak up for the voiceless. Welcome back to the 318 Podcast, where we talk with people from around the community that are tirelessly working for the voiceless. I'm your host, Jennifer Bates. Today we have with us Miss Summer Joy Scott, aka Summer J. Welcome. Nice to be here. Nice to have you. Nice to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so normally, with my guests, um, we talk ahead of time and we come up with a topic. Um, but Summer J came in today um, a little differently. She she didn't have a topic coming walking through the doors this morning, but that's okay. Sounds like me. That's okay. Um, we we gonna make it do what it do. Mm. All right, we gonna make it do what it do, baby. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get started, though, I like to start with just kind of like a little um, warm up question to get you chill and relax, relax your shoulders a little bit, that kind of thing. Okay. So, let's see. What question do I have for you today? How about this? If you could watch any movie over and over and over again, what movie would that be? Wow. That's really putting me on the spot. <laughs> Fuck, I would watch. Um, it's crazy because the other day I was thinking about a movie that is really good and I can't remember it. I would watch Shark Tales. Shark Tales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Explain Shark why. Tales. I need a. I need a little reason behind that. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of my favorite movies. It's um, well, I haven't seen it in a while, so. Maybe you should have asked me this question yesterday <laughs> and I would have watched it. Um, it's super funny. It's for kids, but it has like that adult lesson in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I genuinely laugh at it. And so it just. Every time. Every time. And so it just gives me a sense of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It just kind of takes me back to being a teenage kid and okay. just giving that sense of humor and not, not have to worry about things that's too serious so and it's just hilarious there you go mm-hmm. there you go well I'll answer the question also mm-hmm. mine not so humorous mm. um, but the movie that I have watched over and over again um, honestly since I was a child um, which I probably shouldn't have even been watching it when I was a child sounds about <laughs> sounds about right for all of us is Hand That Rocks the Cradle I've never Have seen you never that movie. seen that movie. I don't think I've ever heard that movie. Um, it's also probably why I don't trust a whole lot of people with my children. <laughs> I don't even think I want to watch that movie now. <laughs> it's just about a um a nanny essentially mm-hmm. who goes crazy and you know the children become her children and yeah it's a whole you got to watch the movie. There's mm. there's a backstory to it too. I don't really want to give it away if you haven't seen it. I'm not going because it to is a really good it. movie though. Uh, you talked me out of that about <laughs> ten seconds ago, so it's okay. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Once you have kids, it's over because it's like you will never have a nanny if you ever watch this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there you go. All right. So now that we got a little bit out the way, tell mm-hmm. me how you are today. How are you feeling? How am I feeling today? I am. I am good today. Um, I've been on a not as intentional as I would like to be, but I've been on a meditation journey. Maybe. Okay been on a journey of really trying to identify my feelings in the moment and trying to create space with them. Mm-hmm. So um, today I've had some unexpected practice. And so okay. I took some time and went to my meditation and was able to do it. So it's good for you. I'm a reward myself with honor and say I've been successful at that. So my day is my day has been good. I'm good. I am doing I'm doing good today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, when we spoke before, you mm-hmm. gave me a few topics <laughs> that could possibly be for today. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know if you're leaving it up to me to pick and choose or if you want to tell what we're talking about. Well no, I'll let you pick and choose. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, the topic that you sent, out of the topics that you sent to me, I would say that the one that resonates with me and the one that I, I think you will be the biggest voice for the voiceless, mm-hmm. as we are looking today, is uh, tell me about your transition from Atlanta to Memphis. First, a little bit of background, because some of our listeners don't know. Mm-hmm. Um what all that entails mm-hmm. it's not just renting you haul and move mm-hmm. um so no, give no. us a little background um so i have for you want me to go back you want me to tell you where i'm originally from it's completely up all to right. you as far back as you want to go all right i don't go too <laughs> far back give you a short synopsis um so i'm originally from california um i moved from california to uh miami when I was in like fifth grade, I was in Miami for like a year and a half, and then I moved okay. to Atlanta. Um, so I was about seventh, eighth grade when I got to Atlanta, and so that's as far I'm gonna skip. Okay, so, gotcha. Um, but for the past ten years, I have been a master barber in Atlanta. Um, everybody knows me, knows that I'm Summer J the barber. Um, I um, became a barber in the midst of trying to find um, just, I just want, I didn't, I never wanted to be a barber, just to state that. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at the age of like 18, 19. Um, And I was in a place where I needed a job. I was working at like Dollar Dollar Tree, wasn't making no money and had (laughs) eviction notices on my door every Mm -hmm. month. So I'm like, okay, I need to do something, but I don't want to resort to things that I've resorted to before that were easy, that could would have gotten me in trouble, that had gotten me in trouble before. Right. Um, so my friend said, hey, why don't you just try to cut some hair? And so I'm like, I don't know. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so I practiced on my friends in the dorm, in the apartments, and in the bathrooms. And then I just fell in love with it. Um, and so I uh, got an opportunity to cut um at Statesboro in Statesboro Georgia at Georgia Southern and uh fell in love with it um imagine opening up schools imagine mm-hmm. opening up shops um uh, and then 
it came more than just a business for me. I started to realize how much of a necessity it was for the people that sat in my chair mm. and wanted to create a space that um, was therapeutic for people and wanted to be a person that people look forward to coming to talk and realize a lot of people didn't have that in their life. So, mm. um, so I moved to Atlanta. They, they didn't have a place to sit and talk. They didn't have a place to sit and talk. Gotcha. Right. And you in the chair, so what you going to do? Now, you're some people go, don't you're talk. You're not going anywhere for 30, 45 right. minutes. <laughs> right. And it takes a special person to know how to get people to unfold. So, mm -hmm. true. So, long story short, I moved to Atlanta from back to Atlanta from Statesboro, graduated college um, in 2014. And that is where I decided that I was fully going to be a barber for the rest of my life at that point. Um, and so I got a, my license through an apprenticeship uh, with a great uh, shop owner, under a great shop owner that I um, met. And um, so I, 10 years later, have been a barber, opened up a barber shop with a business partner, opened up a barber suite, um, was able to grow my clientele to being booked three months out. Wow. Um, wow was able to uh, make six figures, was able to use those pair of clippers to buy my first home at 25. Wow. Um, I am married. Okay. Um, I'm married to my wife, Mrs. Javon Scott. Um, and we were able to, I mean, we have, we, in those 10 years, or we've all been together almost 10 years, in those 10 years, she has seen me go from um, cutting five heads a week and being ecstatic about that to cutting <laughs> 15 heads a day to wow. being up at 6 a.m. every Saturday, cutting from 6 to 7, wow. um, and just being in a position and ownership to be able to uh, walk alongside men, um, specifically, not just in my chair, but other barbers, to be okay. able to give them opportunities to work, to be able to give them opportunities to learn about the business of barbering. Because, I mean, I had 50-year-old men that have been cutting for 30 years, and they didn't know anything about the business being, being able to be in a business ownership position, wow. um, being able to manage their finances as a barber, all they knew was about cutting hair. And so I transitioned from being just a barber to essentially being a therapist for not only people in my chair, but even for the people that I was leading mm -hmm. in my shops. Um, so let me see. Outside of that, I owned a trucking company. Um, I started an apparel line in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and so I was definitely just living a life of thriving. I mean, people yeah, would sit in my chair. Like it. Yeah, people would sit in my chair and they'll just look at me and be like, when they, after they hear all the things I'm doing, one, I look like I'm 12. So <laughs> true. They're like, For those that cannot see, <laughs> Summer J looks maybe, like she's about 15 years yeah, old right now. <laughs> um, the people that don't know me think I'm like a teenager, but the people that like are able to talk to me, they just assume that I'm like 35. Right. So nobody could ever really guess my age. But I say that because um, a lot of people that would sit at my chair, a lot of people that would come in contact with me would look at me and say, wow, like you have done so much at such mm -hmm. a young age. I would get that all the time. <laughs> I would get yeah. like people were so impressed yeah. about what I would do. And I would take that humbly. Like I mm. wouldn't gloat on it. I know for a fact that it was not just me. It was by the grace of God, I've been able to do any of this. Mm -hmm. um, though I was in a, a successful position, 
um, again, like people think they're in a successful position because of what they did, what they manifested, right. with their own power. And I, I even struggle using this word manifestation because it makes it seem as if it was done by my power alone. Right. And out of my mind, I created it. And mm. I firmly say, no, I don't have the strength, the power, the, um, the endurance, the imagination that it takes to solely even just um, paint the picture before I get there. Right. Now, hmm. once I get there, it's on me. And that's where my endurance, that's where my power has come from. But it started with God and him allowing me to do that. Um, so to be in a position of, um, I dealt with a lot of people always being just really impressed about the position I God has allowed me to be in. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. You so know me very well. For the people that don't know, you know me very well. And I I've do. known you for I do. almost 10 years. So if there's correct. anything I'm missing. No, no, I think you hit it all. Okay. We got the background down. Okay. So now, now we're mm -hmm. in the present. Mm -hmm. We've got mm -hmm. the, we pa got the past decade down. So mm -hmm. in the present, 2023, actually, we'll go back a few months to 2022. Mm -hmm. um, and you... You heard the call, you made the decision, you and your wife decided to make the move from Atlanta in mm -hmm. this thriving world that you created, um, obviously with the help of God, mm -hmm. but that you created your whole world. You stepped aside mm -hmm. and you essentially hopped in a U-Haul truck mm -hmm. <laughs> and you made the move to Memphis. So... I felt the call to move to Memphis in 2020 Okay. when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when me and my wife came up here to serve uh, the community of Raleigh during, er, during the closure of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and some, I've never felt such a strong um, calling like that in my life. I mm. mean, it was... It was like even the smallest of things, it was God was talking to me in every and hmm. everything. The I can still remember the red cardinal that would fly hmm. and I would see yeah. every other day and it just felt like I was in an an ecosystem of God's peace. Wow. Um I was going through a rough um time making some real hard decisions business wise okay. to walk away from some things as I was um here at FTK. Um, during COVID and even with frustrations and trying to make one of the biggest decisions to leave a business that I would help build that was part of my dream hmm. um, I felt peace and so um, with that first call I went after everything opened back up I went back to Atlanta and okay. then my life went back I right. made the decision to make one of the biggest jumps to step out on my own and do something um, and that was tough but it was like okay like first real step intentional um active step of faith and i did it and it okay. was and it worked out great and so but i still had that call in the back of my head i'm like but i don't know when it's gonna happen my wife was not down for it she was like yeah no nah, we're, we're not moving <laughs> to memphis so i told god i said listen when i feel like you want us there but you got to put it in her heart Right. Because she'll go wherever I want her to go, but I don't that's not how it's supposed to be. Right. Um and so fast forward to twenty twenty two, 
my wife is the one that looked me in my eyes and said, I think we're supposed to move to Memphis. Hmm. And so it was as if <clears throat> he it, put it in her heart. He put it in her heart. <laughs> like he told me he would. Wow. Um, and sh now she's the one trying to convince me to move to Memphis <laughs> when it's like, okay, I know we're supposed to move here. I know we're supposed to give our life away in some way, shape or form. St didn't know how, I didn't know what was written, but now it's real because now what I asked God, like, okay, I'm gonna do this if you do this. Mm. And he made it happen and now it's real. Mm. And so now doubt comes to fill. Of course. And now my wife is the one that's like, no, like, we're just gonna take a step at a time. I'm trying to figure out, am I gonna supposed to cut hair? Am I supposed to like, that's a whole different lifestyle. It's no, a whole it's... different, I mean, we've built, we're building, we have such a comfortable life here. Like right. now we're really deciding to move. And so- Now it's down to the details. Now it's down to the details. And anybody that knows me, I am a detailed person. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we decided to sell our home. Um, that was a hard decision because we, we're in a position economically where if we kept our home, it's the the way the economy was keeping our home was a no brainer. It was like, what? We can get double for our rent? Like we can mm -hmm. be like, right. psh, if any other situation, we would have kept our home because I, anybody that also knows me knows that I have um, tried to put myself in a position um, financially to not depend on anybody. Okay, I've always tried to... Um, just make sure that I took care of business. I made sure my wife didn't have to worry about anything. Um, and I just tried to just make sure that my stuff was straight um, because growing up, it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. We've always been in a position where we've had to ask. And, you know, um, so I never seen um, real stability financially mm -hmm. um, without having some type of, not necessarily greed, but have some type of um, spite with your st stability. So I wanted to make sure I was stable. I wanted to make sure that I was an example for my wife's younger siblings and the people around me and to still keep my humble, loving, kind demeanor with it. Okay. So, um, and um, where was I going with that? With the house. Yes. The so it would have made sense. Summer J would have said we're going to keep the house and now we're that's going to be our investment property and i knew all about that like i that was my plan okay. we're gonna buy this first house uh we're gonna live in it for a while don't know how long leave that up to god but then we're gonna go build a home we'll rent this house out like it was all planned mm -hmm. um because every though i never wrote dates everything that i had done it was planned. It was in the plan. Okay. And so, uh, even if I didn't realize it was in the plan, it was in the plan. Gotcha. <laughs> and so, God told me, he said, you are not to keep this home. Hmm. You are to sell this home. Because if you keep this home, when stuff, when what I have for you in Memphis, when those trials and tribulations come, you're going to think that you have a way out. I have an escape route. And so, I need, I need you to make this decision completely. Wow. And so I we decided to sell our home. Wow. Um, decided to leave. Obviously, I had to leave all my clients. None of them couldn't fit in my U-Haul. Right, right. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> decided to leave all of my clients, um, which was hard because I walked with them. I mean, I've had yeah. clients that... Like, I wasn't just a, and, and I don't like to talk, I'm humble, so I don't like to talk about, I let other right. people talk about my talent and everything. Right. But I will say, like, I was a barber that 
most that most people didn't want to leave right. and it's not just because of my haircuts my haircuts were good are good are yes. are good <laughs> but from what i've been told it's more than just haircuts right. it's people would wait two months and not go to nobody else to come to me right. because of the experience and because of the atmosphere that i created for them well, I can I can speak for my family mm-hmm. um, and the boys that I am raising. And I know if there is ever a time in which I see something in one of my boys, whether he was 12 years old or now 18, 19 years old, and he won't talk to me mm-hmm. and he won't talk to my husband. And the first person I call is Summer J. I need you to make an appointment. <laughs> Mm-hmm. My boy needs to come and sit in your chair because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I've never been in a chair session, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have no idea what it looks you got like. Your eyebrows done a few times. Oh, that's right. That's mm-hmm. right. I did get my eyebrows done. Um, but I know that it's different for them and mm-hmm. it is a safe space because whenever he comes home mm-hmm. and I'm talking about any of my boys, I've got four boys. So any of them, when they come home. You can just see their shoulders are higher and their the weight is lifted. Mm-hmm. Like whatever it was that they needed to say, they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thank you for that. Mm-hmm. No problem. Thank no you. Problem. <laughs> I be trying. I thank be trying. you. <laughs> um, so the decision to come here was a wasn't one for a job. It wasn't one for <clears throat> necessarily a better opportunity financially. It wasn't like when people are in a position where they're thriving most people do not just completely go against that and drop everything and move you know what i'm saying you are um, right about that yes i do and so that was a struggle hmm. that was a struggle to go against everything that i built in myself hmm. to accept certain things that 25 year old summer j when the thriving first started and the confidence and everything like Okay, we boom, we're gonna do this. I I'm learning these new things. Like mm-hmm. um would have probably would have never made that decision. Mm-hmm. Um but again, the calling was so strong mm-hmm. and still can't really find the the words to describe it. Um, I can just feel it. It's kinda mm-hmm. like God, like you ain't yeah. never seen them. Right. But you know when you feel them, feel them. Yeah. Um and so that's what that's what really made us make that decision was um, we felt like we were called to Memphis. We felt like we we had a purpose in Memphis. Um, and we felt, I've, I've seen the vision of Tory Bates. Mm-hmm. I've seen it when after um, a traumatic situation happened, which is not my story to tell, but a traumatic situation happened. And I, we were able to walk with him across the street from FTK um, on land that was purchased and he was explaining everything that um, was going to happen. Like I could see it. And Mm. so to see things that vividly, that was bigger than me Mm. was like, okay, I got to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know. But my biggest thing was being obedient. Okay. No matter how I felt, I was like, I just want to be obedient. And so in the time of, we decided to come January, my wife was a teacher, so we couldn't leave until, she wanted to finish the school year out. Okay. She didn't want to leave her students. So I had from January to May to really, it's like, it's like, it's different when you make a decision, like forget it, I'm just going to jump. Yeah. We're just going to go, whatever happens, happens. But I had to like wait. Right. You had wait. to 
Like baby steps as you got to the edge before yeah. you could jump. Which was a whole mind bend. Yeah. One, I, I've never wow. been that close to God before. Hmm. Um, but it was it was a, a mind bend. Yeah. Like it's to really consider leaving everything you've built right. and not know what's ahead hmm. um, it was definitely a struggle. And then we moved here. Um, everything fought against us to move here. Hmm. Everything. Like... To the point where it's exhausting. Like mm-hmm. it was like, so I know they say like if it's not a door that God wants you to walk <laughs> through, then He gonna shut it. So are you telling me I'm not supposed to go right. because from the cell of our home? Though that was very smooth, but like just the small things, it was just like everything was fighting against us mentally. Everything was fighting against us um, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, everything happened so fast yeah. um, that we couldn't really take it all in. And it kind of felt like, even to this day, a little bit of guilt because I felt like I left without a lot of closure. Hmm. Um, And so, because everything happened so fast. And um, me and my wife brought her grandmother with us. She sold her home. So I had to handle all all of the stuff with selling her home and Hmm. making sure um, that things were just handled properly so she didn't have to worry about anything when it came to the sale. Right. Um, so selling two homes at one time and <laughs> also working still, trying right. to figure out how I'm going to announce it to my clients because I didn't want to just send the Saying email out. to everybody. Yeah, so it was just, it was just, the transition here, the 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 before the move here was hard. And mm-hmm. people would always say like, you know, the hardest part is jumping. The, the, the decision <laughs> to jump, that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's hey. a lie. Right. <laughs> That's a lie because that was that was the first hard part. Right. Then I decided. And then putting on the parachute, that was also hard. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we decided, but now I still gotta wait all these months to actually right. do it. Okay, cool. So then it was the jump, which was the moving here. Mm-hmm. Um and that that was difficult. It was it was difficult. It still is. I'm not even, I mean, it's, we talked before. I didn't really mm-hmm. want to even discuss this because um, a lot of people are in the mindset of, even me, like nobody cares until you make it. Right. So explaining this story now in the midst of it is, could be seen as just complaining. Right. Um, being ungrateful of this opportunity to hear God's voice and actually mm-hmm. have the courage to move on it. Um, and then too, it's like, I'm not out yet. So yeah. it's like, you want me to talk about why I'm in it? Like right. nobody cares about that until you make it. Then it's like, right. oh, let me tell you what it took to <laughs> make happened? it. And right. let me tell you this lavish story. And I'm just not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but that has been a very hard transition for me because to not only deal with a, not necessarily a culture shock because of the city, mm-hmm. But a culture shock, just a life life culture shock. Like every, when I say every single dynamic of my life has um, flipped upside down, Mm -hmm. has changed drastically from Mm -hmm. my marriage dynamic has changed because now me and my wife work together. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was affected. Um, My financial situation has changed um, my secu- what my security and what, but it has shown me that what I what I actually was my security was my finances. 
mm-hmm. and my title. My identity changed. Mm-hmm. Um, my gift, I feel like it didn't mm-hmm. necessarily change, but I'm like, okay, I was using my gift in this way. How it's in the morphing. world am I supposed to use it in this way? Right. My titles have changed. Um, I went from being a homeowner to now renting. Um, my dynamic of friendships changed. Mm. Um, my safe spaces and my safe people have changed. Mm. So um, the transition, though me and my wife dealt with it together, even though me and my wife did it together, it was very, it's, it's been very lonely mm. um, because we're all dealing with it at the same time. Right. But um, don't really know how to express it. And we have to be strong for each other. So right. it's been it's been a it's been difficult because it's everything has changed and there's really nothing. There really now it's a little better, but when I first got here, there really wasn't anything to hold on to for mm-hmm. stability. Like there wasn't. It's like okay, everything's shaking, everything's going on, but I still don't have anything to grab onto. Gotcha. And in that though, though it's been hard, and I'm still trying to find my rhythm and my balance. It just showed, like, it showed me myself so much. Mm. It showed me that my identity was in barbering. Mm. And it made me be like, who are you outside of this? Mm. When I when I sit in my, when people sit in my chair and I ask them, like, yo, like, and I'm trying to talk them through life. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, you got to realize who you are outside of all, all hats that you wear, mm-hmm. all labels you have, all that. Who are my thing is barber code and i made Mm. that because it's like what is your code who is the foundation of who you are when Mm -hmm. nobody's around when you have no titles or anything who are you and now it's like so summer j who are you who are you and so it has forced me to go on this journey of like what is my strength Mm -hmm. what is my stable thing that i grab onto and over and over and over again no matter how hard it's been it's like god's like me i'm here when you're Mm -hmm. ready Wow. You can you can't depend on people right now. This type of journey is going to take me and mm-hmm. me only. Mm-hmm. You can't depend on your finances, you can't depend on being the best barber out, you can't depend on that. You are in a space where you know nothing of what I've called you to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's hard. Yeah. And it's people are like, "Oh my god, I commemorated and that you've forced me to talk about this." So. <laughs> but I mean, you're right. Like and I and and when when you say like <clears throat> a lot of people do not know, a lot, I used to let me back up. I used to say to people, and I used to have this um, idea like, yo, it would really bother me when I would listen to these people that have made it, and it's like they they give me just milestones of their mm-hmm. trials and their yeah. tribulations, and then they go straight to like, well, this is where I am now, and it's like, yeah, but did you ever doubt? Right. Did you ever fear? Right. Like, you can't tell me that you never feared. And I used to say, like, because I do motivational. I used to do more motivational stuff on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I used to say, like, listen, like, if you ain't never feared, you ain't never doubted yourself or doubted the things or anything like that, then I can't, I can't, um, we can't really compare. Right. Like, I'm okay. I, I got to a point a few years ago, where I was like, I'm okay with saying I have feared. And right. there's going to be more times where I fear. And there's going to mm-hmm. be more times where I doubt because that's how God wired me. Yeah. Because I'm so detailed oriented. I have to know the plan. <laughs> and when it's like, okay, yes. what happens when there is no plan? Right. So that's where that comes. And it's like, now I'm that person. And it's like, okay, so are you going to be that person that waits till you make it hmm. to tell them about the milestones of your fear or doubt? Are you going to talk through this? Are you right. going to 
write through this? Are you going to give your journals that you write to your children so they can see like, you probably ain't never seen me cry, but you're going to hear this crying through this journal. Right. You know, so, um, but yeah, it's just been, it's been, it's been a struggle to have your identity stripped away from you. And if this wasn't God, I probably wouldn't be here hmm. because it is hard. Hmm. And, uh, but there's no choice. Like that when it, when it's God, like no matter how hard it's been, it's like, all right, bro, <laughs> you can, you, you, that's the only thing I can hold on to. Yep. The only thing I can hold on to is the feeling, not even the, the words. Cause I can't Just, even say what exactly did he tell you to come do. Right. But I don't know, you know, um, but I can't mistake that feeling. I can't mistake. And I, and I, uh, I know that he's going to show me one day, right. but whatever he's supposed to build in me now to get me there. Right. Just gonna, just gonna have to find out. you this um as i'm listening to you talk and yes for my listeners out there um i did kind of put this on summer jay um i didn't come up with the topic no she did mm-hmm. um but it was one of those this is a backup we don't really want to talk about this one mm-hmm. we'll come back to it mm-hmm. um but when she was talking to me about it um i heard i heard the conviction i heard the conviction inside of you and i heard I heard your voice. And this is a place for the voiceless to speak their voice. Mm -hmm. And you have been silent for a long time. You've been here since June of 2022. Mm -hmm. So what are we in March now? So that's about nine months that you've been here. Um, And you've been silent. It's been you and God, which is how it should be, because Mm -hmm. that's what he called you to do. Um, But at the same time, I know you haven't come through it. You've already explained that, Mm -hmm. that you're still in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that you but you need to have a voice in this. You need to let people know, don't wait until you've gone through this and then you do your the milestones, the highlights of mm-hmm. guess what happened over the last year and yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. And, you know, people are like, oh, I, I can do it, too. But they don't hear the whole year that it took you before you got there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question then is you talk about fear and doubt. If you haven't had any fear and doubt, me and you can't relate, mm-hmm. period which I get that totally because I've had fear and doubt over many a times in my life. I'm a little bit older than you. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, But so tell me and only say what you're comfortable saying. Mm -hmm. If you're not, then don't share it. Or if it's not time to share it, don't share it. Mm -hmm. But what is your fear right now? Hmm. As you're in the middle of it and you haven't come through it. So you can't look back and say, you know what I was really scared of was you're here. My fear is that everything that I dreamed of before I came here, like in my successful entrepreneur, like the dream I have for my family, being able to um, be who 
I want to be. Um, just like my whole dream of my life hmm. will not come to pass hmm. because I, yeah, that's, that is the fear right now. And not knowing if I'm warranted to dream anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not knowing if you're warranted to dream anymore. Mm-hmm. Wow. So does that mean in this moment right now, you're not dreaming of the future? To answer the question, no, because I don't know how to in this new space. Wow. I could dream when I found the love of cutting hair. I'm like, oh man, I mm. I seen it. Like I'm like, oh man, like, and it wasn't even about the money, but I could be like, yo, like, I can see my milestones. Oh man, I can't wait till I cut this many heads. I can't, right. and I was creative, so I could I could do it every day. And I'm like, oh man, I can't wait until my kids can see me cutting hair and come to the shop. Right, and, and so. Now it's like, what does that even look like? Hmm. You know, um, and to be a to be an owner, to be a boss. Hmm. Like I have not worked a job for anybody else in ten years. Right. I started to, as an entrepreneur at twenty, hmm. and so not thinking at thirty that I was going to now be right working. Though the work, don't get it, don't get me wrong. The work is fulfilling the work. Once I get out or even what <laughs> helps me kind of push through daily is remember it's like the you not working a corporate job where you have to wear a suit and tie like you are working, you are doing some meaningful work. Right. Um, it's just different. It's different. And um, but I still like certain dreams I've had. It's like, how does this even fit here? So what was all of that for if hmm. you knew that in 10 years that I was going to be here? So that's that's what I, what I fear right now. So part, part of that fear is just not being able to dream. Mm-hmm. Like when you close your eyes at night, there is no future flashing before your eyes about what could possibly be. For other people there are. Hmm. But not for yourself. Mm-mm. Wow. I have a dream for Raleigh. I have a dream for making everybody else's dream come true. And, wow. You know, this person envisioned this. And it's like, oh, man, like, yeah. man, when that happens. But I I don't have anything for me, which is not a space that I enjoy. Different. Because I've always been Different. able to dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you first started um, the barbering, which obviously was a fluke, um, mm-hmm. Because when you were 12, you didn't think you would be a barber no, I <laughs> at 25. I was football, the first NFL woman NFL player. Don't <laughs> of course you why. did. Of course you did. <laughs> oh, I wish everybody could see Summer J sitting here right now as the first female football player in the NFL. <laughs> sitting at 5'3 and right. a half. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Anyway, um, but when barbering first fell into your lap, mm-hmm. which is to put it lightly, um, did you immediately start dreaming? No. No. Um, it was very hard because nobody believed in me. Hmm. Nobody wanted to sit. That was in 2013. So, and I just thought about this. Sorry, viewer. When no. I was in the shower this morning, because that's when God be talking to well, me. Well, of course. <laughs> but this is my 10th year of cutting hair. Wow. I just realized that. But anyways. Um, Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. I think it's in like the fall, but thank you. <laughs> um, no, it was very difficult 
Like nobody wanted to sit, get have a female cut their hair. Mm-hmm. I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the only female. Um, the one that was supposed to mentor me didn't mentor me. Hmm. Um, and so it was very difficult. But no, I, I, I'm still young, but I was younger. Right. And it was just like, okay, you got a choice. Like, you're going to sit there and let them punk you? Right. Or are you going to make them wish they can sit in your chair? Wow. So, no, I didn't dream at first. It's when I got over that hump of, okay, I can do this. Hmm. And I have a reason to do this because, and I used, the reason why I did it was because nobody believed in me. Right. So, and then when people started sitting in my chair and I'm like. Same thing. Then it developed, the dream developed then. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where are you, so now mm-hmm. back to the present hard to dream for yourself mm-hmm. easy to dream for others and what you see for your calling on why you came here mm-hmm. you came here to be a light for others mm-hmm. which you're doing well you're being a light for others mm-hmm. however you don't see that same light within yourself for you mm-hmm. right um do you have hope that it'll be back i do I do have hope. I, I, I think it's more faith than hope. I, I might okay. not have hope okay. as much hope as I need, but I do have faith. Okay. Because even hope comes from for me. I'm not speaking for anybody else, mm-hmm. but in in what I think it, hope is in my life is there's an inkling of something that's showing me it's going to happen. Okay. So it's like okay, I hope because of this. Okay. Faith is, I have no inkling right now. I have no, it's, it, my faith is the belief in something unseen, mm-hmm. Unfa- but I have faith. So I have faith that it's going to happen. Okay. Because I don't think he would call me here to, I don't think he would call, I, I hope, hope, I hope he wouldn't call me here <laughs> Okay. to just be here. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take this a little bit different direction. Mm -hmm. Let's say this young man, somewhere around 27, 28 years old, Mm -hmm. comes and sits in your chair. And as y'all start to talk, Mm -hmm. because this is your, this is your wheelhouse. This is your comfort zone. This is where you found your identity in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Um, He comes and sits in your chair and y'all are talking and he tells you he has no hope for the future. And he's only walking by faith right now. Um, But the hope just isn't there and he can't dream. What do you tell him? This is after he's told me this backstory and everything after he's told you his story mm, you should you should <laughs> you should have gave me this one i need about a day to think what would i tell him what oh, would you tell him um what advice what would what would summer jay the master barber how would you leave this conversation without just him walking out the door I would tell him 
I would tell him that dreams are, when we dream at night, we don't know what we're going to dream about. We don't get to choose our dream. It's happenstance. It just happens. And then a meaning comes behind it. And so I would tell him that his dream is not depicted on his choices. And his dream is not... um, His dream is not a template. His dream will come when it's supposed to come. And that his faith will be the foundation of his dreams. That's what I would tell him. He might ask me to elaborate, though, because I began real intellectual. (laughs) Um, But that's what I would tell him. I I would tell him it's okay to not have the dream right now. And that if he felt like he was called um, and he has faith, if he hasn't lost his faith, which is the most important, then whatever he's lacking right now will be what he will have abundantly in the future Hmm. because he's lacking it right now Hmm. and because he's clinging to faith. And that's what I would tell him. So do you hear those words for yourself? I knew you was going to say that. (laughs) Do you hear those words for yourself? I do. I do. Um, Yeah. I do. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. So I know you don't necessarily have a dream for your future, Mm -hmm. but do you dream at night? When you close your eyes every now and then, do you get a picture of something? Mm-hmm. Do they make any sense to you? Not very often. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that they will one day? A lot of them, yeah. Not the ones where I'm just walking around and <laughs> lost a soccer to. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. <laughs> well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does it give you any kind of hope? after listening to the words that you would tell a young man in the exact same position you're in? It does. Good. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, of course you would do that because I'm always telling people, take yourself outside yourself and look <laughs> at yourself from another point of view. Yeah. Um, well, it's not, it's not often I get somebody on the podcast here that when they are their voiceless, they are also the voice of mm. reason for their voiceless. Mm. Mm-hmm. You are a woman of many dimensions, <laughs> many layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said earlier, I have known you for about a decade now, mm-hmm. a little over a decade, right at a decade. And um, I, I've been proud of you every step of the way watching you every every move you've made every twist every turn everything it's just been like that summer j yeah at first it was that summer j mm-hmm. now it's that's my baby <laughs> look at her get it <laughs> um i've been very very proud um for the viewers that don't know summer j is married to my daughter so uh legally wise <laughs> she's my daughter-in-law <laughs> Um, but in our family, she's my daughter and she 
is an amazing woman. Just watching you has been, it's been a blessing. Like you've taught me so much and you're half my age. (laughs) (laughs) Only half. Anyway, (laughs) Um, so it hurts. It hurts to know that you are hurting. It hurts to watch you go through this, even though I know that this right here is only going to make you stronger. You might actually be 5'5 when you finish this. (laughs) I'm 5'5 now. What are you talking about? (laughs) But it's just, it's, it's a pleasure. And... I know it kind of sucks right now, what you're in. Um, But another reason why I did want you to talk about it is so that people who are in it right now and don't see a way out, don't have hope, don't have faith, just not there, maybe they'll find a little hope and faith from your words, knowing that you too are in it right now. You haven't gotten through. You're not at your praise report time. And hey, let me tell you what I've been through. You're in it. Um, And just the fact that you haven't lost faith, that your faith is still strong. Um, Yeah, your tears may be there, but your faith is covering your tears. And the hope is coming. Just, I'm hoping, I personally hope that somebody heard those words today Mm -hmm. and maybe stands a little taller knowing that they can get through whatever it is they're going through too, because you you are strong, you are beautiful, you are amazing. And I'm proud to call you my daughter. Mm. And mm. I'm proud to walk with you. <laughs> so um, go ahead. What else? You got anything else? Um, for whoever's listening, I would say that, because their story might not be my story. Oh, yeah, yeah, not a lot of people going True. You know. True, um, true. But when you are called to do something that goes completely against what other humans would do, um, you will probably don't because what I've also struggled with was feeling guilty of being in this space I am. Mm-hmm. Feeling shame of like, how can you complain mm-hmm. to like what? Um, and so that's what also kept me silent was my right. guilt and my shame, and not even from other people, but being shame, shameful, feeling like God is gonna look at me with shame hmm. and feel like I'm gonna be one of those in the Old Testament. Like you know what? Matter of fact, I don't even need to use you no more because right. you hmm. just is being unappreciated right now. <laughs> right. Um, right. and still not knowing how that works, which is also a fear for me. Hmm. That is. To add to what my fear is, and I just realized that is my fear that God will change his mind on me mm. um, because I'm not getting with the program quick enough. Mm. Um, but with that is an active daily choice every single day. Few times throughout the day, I have to make the choice right. that I'm going to fight. I fight every day. Mm. I fight depression Every day. Hmm. I fight negative thoughts all day. Hmm. I have never had some of the thoughts that I have as much as I have. Hmm. Just like just negative thoughts, like, you know. Yeah. Um, 
So, but it's a fight like every day. Like even on the days I might not make it to the gym, like I made it to the gym this morning mm. and I'm like, you go girl. That's big. For, like, yeah, okay, work out, yeah. But the fact that I chose not to disassociate, I chose not to take the easy way out today. Hmm. I don't know what tomorrow going to look like. Right. But today I made it. And so I've been on this new thing of taking it day by day and releasing my grip, okay. releasing my grip on my marriage, releasing my grip on my future, and just taking it day by day and accepting who I am at that very moment. And whoever can't accept it, you're not in this position I'm in. Right. So you can't judge. You can't judge. And I and I've never been really caring about people that judge me. Right. For the people that know me. Right. But But how do you feel letting your grip go on all of that? It feels good to be aware that I can do it. Okay. And to see small successes with it okay like my marriage like hey listen it, yeah be very intentional in your marriage some day and lead when you're supposed to lead and follow when you're supposed to follow and be honest and be bold and but stop thinking okay if this don't happen now then what's gonna happen in the next six months hmm. and it's like loosen that because you don't know what's going to happen in the next six months. Right. Even if it don't happen today, even if this don't happen tomorrow, right. you don't know what's going to happen in the next six months. So right. um, it's it felt good to do something that I didn't know that I had the power to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. That's encouraging. I don't want to take too much of your no, time. No, no, no. Before we close, though. Mm-hmm. So this is the part where I normally ask, how can our listeners support you in your work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but being that we went a little different today, mm-hmm. how can our listeners um, support you or support somebody they know that's going through it right now? Mm-hmm. What would you need from a stranger, a friend, a family member, a loved one? What would you need right now? I would say to to our listeners, one, to see the people around you. Mm. Because if I wasn't surrounded by people that see me, mm. I could hide. True. I mean, I I mean, even when I feel like I'm hiding, <laughs> when I look at my father in law's eyes, it's like he's looking me in my soul. <laughs> when I look you in your eyes, it's it's like Okay, and I catch myself not wanting to look in my loved one's eyes because mm. then they'll see me. Right. And so, um, but I would say see them first. Okay. And then I would say just give people grace and their fears and doubts. Hmm. Give them, give them grace and be gentle with them hmm. because the fears and doubts are temporary, but how you are with them during those fears and doubts will last because hmm. I'm going to remember who took my fears and doubts and used them against me. Right. Not even just now, but I've had before. Yeah. I remember, te- I remember confiding in someone and saying, yo, I'm just I'm just afraid. And they're like, see, you know, I'm going to remember that. Right. And so I would just be, be give them grace because they can't control it. And they're fighting. And the ones that are fighting, you'll know that they're fighting through it. Yeah. And when they voice it, they're just trying to find, they're just trying to hear it out loud to see if it's worth 
even being fearful about. Mm -hmm. um, and don't make people feel bad for being fearful and doubtful. Mm -hmm. You get people that's like, yo, if you doubtful, you can't be on my team. Mm -hmm. I could. Yeah. Maybe I'm not supposed to be on your team. I don't know. But don't Maybe. be that way with the people that you love because yeah. they just need grace in this moment. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. So see them. Mm -hmm. Give them grace with no judgment. Mm -hmm. And be a, just listen to them. Don't listen to them and then try to always give advice because the advice you probably are giving is what they've probably went through over and over and over in their head and it ain't work. Right. Right. But just just listen. Just look at them and listen. And sometimes they just might need a hug. Sometimes yeah. there's been days where I just need a hug. <laughs> like I don't yeah. want nothing now. Like I don't need to talk. I don't I just want to hug and maybe cry while I'm hugging. Yeah. That's it. And then I can go on about my day. There you go. So those three things is okay. what I would say. See them, hear them, and okay. grace with no judgment. Yeah. Yeah. That last one can go with grace with no judgment. There they use go. it right. There you go. Mm -hmm. I got you. All right. Well, thank you. I oh. thank you for being here today. I thank you for speaking your truth, using your voice mm -hmm. for the voiceless, who in this case is someone who's going through it. You. Mm -hmm. I thank you. Um, thank you to our listeners um, who stayed with us this entire time. I hope you heard something. I hope something resonated within you um, when you are out in the world today and tomorrow um, and you see somebody who may not look like they're in a great place right now. Those three things right there. See them, hear them, and grace with no judgment. Thank you for taking the time to listen as we use our voices for the good of others. If you have something to say or someone to speak up for, please reach out. You can find me on Instagram at 30 underscore one underscore eight. 30 and one are spelled out. Or you can go to the website at www.31-8.com. Again, that's T-H-I-R-T-Y-O-N-E-8.com. I hope you feel heard by someone today, and we will be back very soon speaking up for the voiceless. Summer J out. <laughs>